I have to be honest with you. I didn't think that we would be where we are right now as a nation with the coronavirus. I thought that come July, come August, September, I thought our nation would be over the hump, that we would have flattened the curve. And my guess was that once the worst of it in New York was behind us, that as a nation, we'd be able to move forward. I was wrong, obviously. And the coronavirus is soaring all over the country. Today, particularly for those of you who are in the most affected areas, I want to talk about what I hope you'll do, what I need you to do, what those of us who live in the cities and states that were ravaged by it, what we need you to do so that it doesn't come back to us and so that you don't have to suffer the way so many of us have. I'm going to also tell some very transparent stories that I haven't had an opportunity to tell about many of the families that I've worked with along the, the course of this pandemic. But I really want to talk about what we need to do together to flatten the curve so that we can get over this. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. I never imagined that July 5th or 6th or 7th would be the worst days for the coronavirus in our country. I, I couldn't fathom it because it seemed like the worst possible moments were in March, were in April, and then we got through May. We got through June as it started to get worse across the country. And here we are now in July. What is it? Almost really six months into the pandemic in this country where most nations around the world have completely flattened the curve. Many nations have really completely uh, overcome it, eliminated it. Uh, some nations literally now have zero cases per day. Yesterday, the United States had over 60,000 new cases. It was more than any single day throughout the pandemic. And most experts say that for every person who's diagnosed, it's likely that there are three people who have not yet been diagnosed. So we're talking about 180, 200,000 plus people per day who probably have it, who just have not yet been tested and, and diagnosed for it. And it is spreading like crazy in Florida, in Texas, in Arizona, and in California, so that we don't just say it's only in conservative states, like uh, states with conservative governors like uh, Florida and Arizona and Texas, um, but it's also growing crazily all over California. Cases have uh, increased by over 50%. And in Texas and Florida and Arizona, ICUs are filling up. And what we're seeing, and uh, if any of you listen to this and you are Facebook friends with myself or my wife, we even, we even see our homies in 
Florida and Texas and Arizona and California, people we went to college with, people we've known for years, still not even wearing masks, still not so not not practicing social distance, uh, social distancing. And, and here's this this moment where we are now in over half of the country, a month away from schools needing to start. And all of a sudden, in some of the biggest states in our country, which is exactly, in, in fact, the biggest states in our country, California, Texas, Florida, Arizona, the most heavily populate, populated states, um, it is doubling and tripling. And what I am so afraid we're going to see in two to three weeks is what we saw in New York, which was, to call it devastating, is is an understatement. We saw just a few weeks after cases spiked, we saw the number of people die go from a few dozen a day to a hundred a day, which is crazy, to hundreds per day, and eventually in New York City alone, in our boroughs, even in my home borough of Brooklyn, thousands and thousands of people dying from the coronavirus. Um, All over Brooklyn, I'm friends with school teachers and school principals who told me how many of their children lost parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, sisters and brothers all over Brooklyn, all over the city. People lost caregivers children who were orphaned because of this like it is it has devastated and decimated new york in a way that i don't think the country fully understands and i was talking with my wife about this yesterday because we rightfully so don't have cameras 24/7 in emergency rooms and in icus this country never really saw the toll, you know, as we fight against police brutality and and state-sanctioned violence across this country, some of what wakens up the conscious of the country is that you saw them murder George Floyd. You saw them with their knee not only on his neck, but putting over 500 pounds of pressure on his back, on his waist, as he begged just to breathe, and you saw it, and it was so despicable. And it caused us to say, how how unjust, how wrong, how evil, how awful. And with the coronavirus, uh, even loved ones, really, who were not allowed into the rooms, never really saw the toll that it took on their mothers and fathers, on their grandmothers and grandfathers, their aunts and uncles, sisters and brothers. Um, and because it is, it has been largely unseen, I am convinced that all over this country, it has caused people not to take it so seriously. And I'm not here to compare the coronavirus to police brutality, But we have now crossed 
over 130,000 people who've died this year already. And it's July. It has walloped this nation. It has killed more than every war in the United States since Vietnam combined. All of that. It's killed more people than many well-known infectious diseases. It, It has killed more people than the entire history of police violence in this country. And what I'm saying is, as somebody who focuses on police violence and how we fight back against it and how we, how we organize for change, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, not only wear a mask, but stay inside if you can. Do not go to events. Do not go to crowded places. Listen, wear gloves if you can or need to, particularly if you are now in the super affected areas. Uh, sanitize like crazy. Never touch your face or your eyes. If you, if you have to be out shopping or anything else, you, you have to be majorly conscious. Of course, always wear a mask. If you can wear the N95 masks, which are incredibly hard to find, great. If you can't find those masks, wear the best possible mask that you can find anywhere. Keep it over your nose and your mouth. Only go out when you have to. And I'm telling you, as someone who literally preached the eulogies of dozens of men, women, and children who died all over this country, who walked families through the pain of losing their most precious, valued loved one in a way where they were not able to say goodbye, where they were not able to even see their loved one, in many cases, weeks and weeks before they died. Many families that I walked through this process of grief, not only were they not able to say bye, they were not able to properly advocate for their loved ones. They were not there to be able to share the pain, and I can't, I can't verbalize the horror of your loved one being hospitalized, and the closest you can get is the lobby, and in many cases, you are not even able to make phone calls, and in some cases, the nurses and doctors told families, trust us, you don't want to see this. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for your loved ones. I don't want that for your family, your friends, your colleagues, your classmates, the, the brothers and sisters from your fraternities and sororities. I don't want, we don't need that. You don't want that. And I need you to take this thing as seriously as you've ever taken anything before. Because what I am seeing all over the country, I'm a huge sports fan, and I am seeing Athletes, uh, Freddie Freeman, who was uh, an all-star for the Atlanta Braves, uh, his wife said that it has completely ravaged Freddie Freeman, who is a super fit star athlete. Um, You know, I live in Brooklyn, and it has basically taken half of the team in Brooklyn who who made it to the, the bubble in the NBA, if you're familiar with that. 
but half of the team's not even going to be able to go. And I spoke to um, an NBA legend whose daughter had the coronavirus months ago. And he told me she has still not recovered from it, still struggling. It, it changed her. And you may hear cases, and I hear them from time to time too, and I don't know what to make of it, of people who get it and get over it rather, rather easily. Don't count on that being you. Don't count on that being your loved one. I can't explain who it ravages and who it doesn't. Yes, sometimes if you have underlying health conditions, that's obvious. But there have been people without underlying health conditions who just got walloped by it and barely survived it. And so for all of you, if you're not only in California, Arizona, Texas, and Florida, if you're in any of those surrounding states, um, in, including Georgia, in, including states that border those, but if you're anywhere in this country, I am asking you as your friend and brother, take this as seriously as you can because it's one of those things that so many people say that they wished they had taken it as seriously as they could have. And this is one of those things that I want us to be able to survive and endure. But beyond that, what are we about to send our children into? I'm a father of five with two daughters in college and and three in elementary school, middle school, and high school. What are we about to send our children into? This nation has tens of millions of school children. What are they about to enter? What are their teachers and staff and the custodians and others, what are they about to deal with? I am... I am not an alarmist, and I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not here to frighten you. I'm here to let you know that if we're not careful, experts are already saying that by November they expect us to have over 200,000 deaths. That's 70,000 more, but that it could be 250,000. It could be more than that. That means it's going to be somebody that you know or that somebody you know knows. Because those numbers, 200,000 plus deaths, those numbers are astronomical. So listen, with love, you know, this is a PSA. Nobody paid me to do this, but I am so concerned for us, for you, for our families, for our children, for our elders, uh, for those uh, among us who are marginalized, I'm concerned for our communities. And we are already in what I think is one of the most difficult years in modern American history. But if we're not careful, it could get much, much worse. Take every precaution. Know that I'm rooting for you, that I love you, I believe in you. But I need you to also become an evangelist for this. Make sure that you not only look out for yourself, but that you're speaking to everybody who you can possibly text or call or DM and tell them to take this thing seriously. Listen, I've got to run. Uh, we have a special Woman Crush Wednesday segment that I want to share with you today. I uh, hope you learn from that. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Maria Elena Perez, and I'm the associate editor at The North Star. 
As part of our weekly Women Crush Wednesday series, the North Star is honored to highlight another woman of color who is using her voice to bring about change in her community. This week, TNS is elated to spotlight Afro-Latinx environmental activist, Catherine Lorenzo. Catherine is an unapologetic Afro-Latina who has advocated and organized for Nevada's communities of color since she was in high school. She has worked with several organizations, including Mi Familia Vota and Organizing for Action. As part of her work with LCV's Chispa program in Nevada, Catherine worked with underrepresented communities to move forward on climate and clean energy solutions. Catherine has pushed for the Latinx community to have genuine conversations about colorism and elevate Latinxes of all colors to positions of power. We salute Catherine for her inspiring work to give underrepresented communities a voice in the environmental movement. Be sure to visit our Instagram page at the North Star Media to learn more about Catherine and why we're crushing on her and her amazing work. Hey everybody, if you love the Breakdown Podcast, I don't know if you knew this, but we have two other amazing podcasts that I would argue might be even better than the Breakdown Right now, if you go to your favorite podcast player, you can search for Sick Empire, which is our podcast about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic in New York. Or you can go to my brand new podcast with my wife, Ray, called Married to the Movement, where we just tell our story, not just about how we met each other and fell in love, but what it means to lead and be married together in this movement for civil rights and human rights So check out Sick Empire, check out Married to the Movement, leave great reviews, subscribe, and let us know what you think. Check them out. Break it down. Break, 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 break.